Well, good evening. Here we are. We silence our phones for a little bit. I make the introduction. Here we go. The Course of Love, Wednesday night. Uh, we have Judy and Reverend Bill and myself here, and hopefully we'll be joined by others. We are presently, currently in the third treatise, the treatise on the personal self. We'll be starting with Chapter 3, The True Self. Um, and with that said, uh, just to give us some nice centering, affirmative words to get us bring our hearts and our minds together and join in our oneness, in our love, in our caring for each other and for the world. So, as we rest in the smoothing stillness of the Christ presence and feel the power of divine healing love, our emotions are calm and our mind and body are revitalized, strengthened, and renewed. So feel that soothing stillness of the Christ presence. Feel the healing love. Let the mind and body be revitalized. Feel the strength and feel renewed. Yes. So amen to these very soothing words. Okay. So a little back up from what we read last week to get us going into the true self. And that's just the big S. Paula, can you tell me what page are you on, please? My book, I'm on page 287. 287. Okay. I hear either chimes or something in the background. That's, yeah, that's our, my background music for us tonight. The okay. wind is cooperating. So, <laughs> right. so if you would mute for a while and we'll get started. Okay. So from last week's third chapter of the, pur- the pa- Purpose of Representation, we read the following. We have worked thus far to change your idea of eventual God. Now we work to change your idea of eventual self. For what else should, would such a self be? This is such an important point for you to grasp that I returned you to our comparison of the family of man to the family of God as well as to a discussion of the return of the prodigal sons and daughters of God. This discussion may have seemed to accept the idea of a self as highly developed as an adolescent child, a self who would willingly choose to explore independence, no matter what the cost. This discussion merely examined the reality you choose to believe in, the reality of an ego self, a self-concept seemingly stuck in an adolescent phase of development. The ego self's only desire for you is to grow up into its version of an independent being, no matter what the cost. 
while you may be happily congratulating yourself on leaving such an adolescent thinking behind, this thinking must be quickly replaced with a new idea about yourself or its hold on you will remain. So my dear friend Judy, would you read two and three? Bill, read three and four. And we'll take it from there. How's that? So, the true okay. self, chapter three. How about I start with one and two? <laughs> okay. Did I Your say, per- what did I say? Wait. Two and three? Yes, you know I <laughs> no, what, Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you meant. <laughs> okay. okay. The true self. Your personal self is dear to you and dear to me as well. I have always loved you because I have always recognized you. What cannot be recognized or known cannot be loved. While your ego has not been lovable, you have always been. Here is where you need realize that the personal self that is dear to you is not your ego self and has never been. All of your personal characteristics are nothing more than a persona that has served the ego faithfully. All of your traits have been chosen, either in accordance with the ego's desires or in opposition to them. Whether they be in accord or in opposition, their source has still been the ego. These traits, whether you see them as good or bad, or somewhere in between, are what you have seen as making you lovable or unlovable. Yet you have also often made them challenges to love, saying in effect to those who love you, quote, Love me in spite of these traits that are not lovable, and then I will know your love is true, end quote. You make the same statement to yourself as well, seemingly called to continuously challenge your own lovability. Wow. As much as you fear disappointment for yourself, and let this fear keep you from much you would desire, you fear as much or more your ability to disappoint others or to let them down. Some of you carefully constructed your lives to leave as little room as possible for disappointment to affected or others you hold dear. Some of you have seemed to do the opposite despite your best intentions, calling disappointment to yourself and being constantly under the pall of having disappointed others. Still others have always found their lives to be beyond the efforts of control and long ago gave up trying. Most of all, excuse me, most of you fall beyond their efforts at control. Oh, yeah, can you read that again, please? Let me try it again. Most of you fall somewhere in between, having a life full of good intentions and effort, and being surprised neither by what seems to work nor what seems to fail. It is yourself who, more often than not, you blamed for all your misfortune. Uh, 
you would have liked to be strong and capable and hated your own weakness. You would have liked to be even-tempered and hated the moods that seemed to come over you without cause. You did not understand when illness or depression stood in the way of your desires or the plans of others and let such circumstances fill you with self-loathing. Yes. Wow. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. Both my hands are raised. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Get on line. Roll on line. You can go first, Reverend Bill. been very brutal on myself and I'm not alone but I I have been very brutal on myself that's what matters yeah uh, I appreciated the the uh, what earlier what Judy read speaking of um, these means of, of bending over backwards so to speak I, I don't remember the exact words but uh, going overboard to try to keep the peace or try to make things work in situations or what may seem to me as being going overboard whereas others may say well that's the way it should be <laughs> um, hope that's making sense to others but uh, mm-hmm. that's what comes up to me Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks for that. I Bill, I, I totally relate. I've always seen myself in those days when I totally behaved in that way. And I thank God I'm not prone to it, um, not as significantly as I was, that's for darn sure. I may be from time to time today. However, just seriously, not as bad as I used to be. I always saw it as a, as a sign of codependence, a sign of me wanting to make everything all right for everybody all the time. And for me, that meant turning myself into a pretzel. I had to twist this way and that way in order to please this one or that one or to stop this from happening or that from happening and, and so on and so forth. And it's, it's horrible. It's just a horrible feeling. And I, I, I know probably that it's pr- going to go on to say something about self-hatred or self-disgust or self-disappointment or whatever. Um, and I can totally relate to all of that. It's just not fun being that way. I didn't like it. And um, mm. I find that nowadays I pretty much can maintain a sense of a sense of consistency within myself so that for all intents and purposes, no matter, uh, no matter with whom I am interacting, I can... Maintain my authentic self. I can be who I, I am. And I'm even finding it like when I deal with uh, service people, for example, or with, and by that I mean people that I interact with regarding, you know, household things, you know, just like household things, okay? Stuff like that. I can just be myself. And if I feel like giggling at somebody's, you know, reading from a script or something, I will do that. 
you know, and it usually provokes another laugh from somebody else. But in the meantime, it just is much more comfortable being myself than it used to be trying to be everybody else so that I could please everybody. Anyway, that's it. I'm done. I'm complete. Thank you. Yeah. You know, for me, the end of two, paragraph two, we said, yet you have often made them, you know, we're talking about making you lovable or unlovable, yet you have often made them challenges to love, saying in effect to those who love you, quote, Love me in spite of these traits that are not lovable, then I will know your love is true. I can relate to that in so many ways. Never feeling lovable. You made the same statement as yourself as well, seemingly called to continually challenging your own lovability. Terrible way to go through life. I ruined an awful lot of relationships, you know, family and friends. And, yeah, I can relate to so much that you said, yeah. I'm not trying to let people down. Oh, my God, it's like he's, he knows us so well. He knows us. Yeah. And it was all the ego. (laughs) (laughs) With you there. I will say that uh, codependency was the start of this journey, start of all of this, start of this beginning to question the way I was living life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the codependency yeah. group back in like '88 and '89, and um, a lot of noise here, so I'm going to go on mute for a moment. Just wanted to mention that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, that, Judy. That. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. And Paula, I can totally yeah. relate to what you just said as you were speaking, as you were sharing. Mm-hmm. I was remembering I was remembering all of those times when I was just like that. Prove to me you love me. And yeah. no of course nobody could ever prove it enough. No. No, no of course not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's this one at the end of four, you would have liked to be even tempered, I mean, I had a temper that was, not anymore, but it was uncontrollable. <laughs> I'm I with you there, me too. Yeah, I was yeah. angry and hated the moods that seemed to come over you without cause. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. It, well, mm-hmm. that kind of happens today, too, these crazy, but not as severe as they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, would, I was like, when I think about it, <laughs> angry and I you know you don't even know that anger you know like you could show that anger in so many subtle ways you know not even like you know throwing the bowl of macaroni at somebody like I did (laughs) (laughs) who did I fight myself because I had seen it off the wall 
<laughs> yeah. Or throwing your husband down the cellar stairs. I mean, yeah, come on, I know yeah. we're a little bit better. <laughs> But it's, you know, but that anger came out in other subtle little ways. Oh, but it was yeah. really anger towards myself. Mm-hmm. It was just whatever, the, you know, because now being wiser and more understanding of how we function in this world, it was anger at myself and everyone who showed up in my life was mirroring and giving me an opportunity to look at that anger. But who was I really angry at? I could have blamed my mother, my father, but it was me. Me. With you there. Yeah. 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 You know... I am so, so thankful that whatever brought me to where I am now in this journey, that I have this knowledge and I can look back and I can find forgiveness within myself for those that I was so angry at. Angry. And, you know, I was saying that to my sister just the other day. I see her anger. I feel her anger. And I was trying to make her look at it differently. Mm, good for you. And I, and I can understand her, where the anger is coming from. And I let her know that I do understand. She's not alone. Oh, beautiful. And you know, it's, because it's so, I know I'm aware of that in it. I see it in people too. I saw it in my brother. He was angry and we would go at each other like animals when we were younger because we both had that anger and we mm-hmm. didn't know where to put it or show it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as he mellowed and I mellowed, it was... Four years passed, we didn't even speak over something so stupid. And it was, and I reached out to him. And he cried. And we came together in such a beautiful way. And then he died. And I think that was all part of his journey. Yeah. Yeah. I miss him. Oh, I understand that. I miss my brother, too. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all, I guess, my soul's journey, you know. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think when I finally understood that all the anger that I felt and it didn't matter which scenario was playing out in my life at the time, I finally realized, now I can look back and I can see all the different little vignettes of Judy's life and all the Mm -hmm. anger, and it was all at myself. I was angry with myself. And, of course, once I understand that, and now I understand it, oh, the forgiveness, is it's just like a non-issue. I mean, it's like there's there's never nothing to forgive. 
okay? They didn't do anything to me. So there's nothing I need to forgive anybody for, nothing. I had to forgive myself for putting myself in those particular situations. That was it. Nobody else did anything to me. I put myself in situations, and because of the energy rolling around inside me, I drew like a magnet those angry situations into my life so I could mm-hmm. play them out and ultimately understand them. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Paula. It's, it's a journey. It's an absolute journey. Yeah. And I do thank God I'm at the point where I can understand it and recognize it and see it for what it really is. With no angst, just nothing but, I just feel nothing but love. Nothing but love for all these people who played such wonderful roles in my little production. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and yet, well, thank you, Judy. I, I just want to just chime in with you because I, I appreciated what you just shared and how you shared it. And, and the way I see it is the decisions that I had made as far as how I'm going to cope with the world, how I'm going to cope with relationships that um, uh, just becomes something not to question. It may not be successful, it may, may not be working, but heck, I was familiar with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's it. Yeah. yeah. Get that. Get that totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a truth of codependency. <laughs> One thing along the way that became very useful for me after after fooling around with the Course of Miracles for a while is beginning to get into the Enneagram. And 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 in the Enneagram, what I I ended up leading study groups on that over time. To, that those different personality characteristics, the different nine and and the permutations of of the nine, however many that may include, ultimately becomes I realized became the means that people use to get along in the world to yeah. to um, their way of defending themselves of keeping safe or of glossing over matters uh, or or uh, take the perfectionist having to have everything done perfectly and exactly <laughs> right what they cost us along the way, and and uh, early on in the enneagram, I, I don't I don't get that that people recognize the gold that's there. That went until you know they they see this and they understand how they're operating and why, but to recognize that this was a defense mechanism mm-hmm. is that that we relied on that we came to be used to be relying on. Of course. For for example, I was a mediator, which meant that um, I had difficulty making decisions. I waited until until everybody else spoke and then would speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I recognize that one myself. Go ahead. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I heard you speaking just now in that regard, Judy, and I appreciate it. And just 
wanted to chime in with that aspect of this journey. I think we're all at the point now where we understand what we've done, why we've done it. And the name of this chapter, obviously, the true self is absolutely what we're getting at. And I, mm-hmm. of course, we haven't read the rest of that. However, my guess is going to be that it's our authentic self, the inside part of us, the Christ self, the self that knows what it knows. The self that just knows what it knows and knows everything and knows how to respond, not react. And that's yep. where we're heading. Yeah. Yeah. And that the mm-hmm. answers are there within us now. Oh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> now. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, now. Have Certainly been, not 50 years ago. <laughs> Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So let's read on and let's see how we can get these answered. Okay. Um, Do you want me to read one? Do you want to read two, Paula? All right, I'll read five. And then you read six, seven. Wow, look at nine. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll read Okay. Okay. You thus created... Yeah, we read that, yeah. You thus created... No, we didn't. The oh, we didn't read four? Wait, oh, yeah, we read four. Uh, yes, five we read four. Yeah, yeah, so five. Okay. Yeah. You thus created a society that reflected this hatred of the self and that functioned on finding blame for every misfortune. Your illnesses became the result of behaviors ranging from smoking to to little exercise. Your accidents caused lawsuits where blame could be rightly placed. Your depression was blamed on the past. Even your successes were often claimed to be at the expense of another or to have come in spite of failings more severe. While society would seem to have done so much to cause your unhappiness and while you have have in turn blamed it as much as it blamed you, you never blamed anything quite as much as you blamed yourself. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I've got to do a reading once again. I was reflecting back on all those little, oh, my God, all those little scenes, all those little vignettes. Anyway, God, this is the vengeful self we eliminate now. Thank you, God. Oh, you have wow. in truth. <laughs> you have mm. in truth replaced judgment with forgiveness. Yes, we have but you have not yet fully forgiven yourself. This statement may sound incongruous, for how could you have replaced judgment with forgiveness and not forgiven yourself? What this means is that you have replaced judgment with forgiveness as a belief. You have put this belief into practice in each instance where you have seen it to be needed. What this means is that you continue to fail to recognize your need to replace judgment with forgiveness when it comes to yourself. You have not yet realized 
how much you still consider unlovable about yourself. This does not mean that you are not lovable, only that you have not yet fully recognized your true self. Until you fully recognize yourself, you cannot fully love yourself. Until you fully love, you do not love in truth. Both God and love are found in relationship where the truth becomes known to you. When the truth becomes known to you, you know God for you know love. Beliefs, and especially the change to beliefs we have worked together to integrate into your thought system, are only a first step, a step toward holy relationship. These new beliefs of your new thought system must be wholehearted. They cannot be beliefs that exist only in your mind, a new philosophy to be applied to life. They must exist in your heart. And how can they exist in the heart of an unlovable self? Yeah, Bill, go ahead. Read eight. Read eight, too. Read that one last paragraph. Judy? Me? You want me to read eight as well? Oh, okay. You cannot think your way to the new life that calls to you. You can only get there by being who you are in truth. Bill, read, no, Bill 10, I mean, excuse me, 9. Mm-hmm. I have always loved you, for I have always recognized you. While your recognition of your true self has come a long way through your learning of this course, your lowercase self is still seen as a stumbling block. You might think that you were able to live in some ideal community away from all that has brought you to where you now are. You might be able to put the beliefs of this course into practice. If not quite this drastic, your thoughts might tell you that if you were in another job, devoid of certain familiar responsibilities, or the need to provide for financial obligations, you would be much better suited to putting these beliefs into practice. Or you would be much, or you might look at your behaviors, your habits, your general personality, and simply declare yourself unsuitable for further learning. Whether you think such thoughts consciously or not, there is a part of you that still believes you are not good enough to be the good self you believe this course calls you to be. Most of you have now believed you are good enough for days or hours or moments, but something always and eventually calls you back to the idea that you are not good enough or that you do not want to put the effort into being good enough. Like a person who believes she has a weight problem and knows a diet would be good for her, the diet is often rejected 
because failure is deemed a certainty. While you continue to see the call of this course as a call to goodness, you will surely fail. Yeah. And read 10 also, please. The true self that I recognize as you is not other than who you are, but who you are. All that was ever other than who you are was the ego. The ego is gone. The ego was simply your idea of who you were. This idea was a couple was excuse me, was a complex set of judgments of good and bad, right and wrong, worthy and unworthy. A list as endless as it was worthless. Realize now the worthlessness of this idea and let it go. Oh, amen. Amen. It's right. What yeah. comes up to me as I was just reading that is Recognizing how we are operating today to recognize the ego and discount it or walk away from it or let it go. Um, how that is unfolding for us in the day. I mean, we could, we could spend the next extended period of time talking about our history of the ego and our stories from the ego and past the ego, but... What goes on today that enables us to be willing to raise the yellow flag <laughs> or the red light? Um, what is there for us in that today? Oh, oh, how about pure peace of mind? Yeah. 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 If that's all I want, and this is one of the things that I have been experiencing through reading these Wednesdays for the past couple of years with you guys, for which I am so grateful. It just blows my mind. I can't even express it. It just brings me closer and closer to the realization, the, the knowledge, the realization, the awareness that if inner peace is all I want, and if I keep focusing on that, that's all I'm going to get. And it's only my little ego self that gets charged by some little imagined slight or, you know, just anything. I mean, it, you know, it could be as small as a needle prick. But man, oh man, I can make it huge. I can make it into a, an elephant-sized hypodermic needle. No, it's crazy. And so it's been my internal learning my learning inside that says wait nothing nothing is more important than my peace of mind i'm just that's just coming more and more and more and more and you know i i know that i can all get all caught up in what's going around me and who's doing what to whom and who's doing what to me or what i think they're doing or not doing yada 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 as long as i persist in thinking those thoughts I am completely and utterly screwed. There's no way I can achieve any kind of peace of mind with that kind of thinking. 
And I do believe that that's all ego thinking, all thinking about my little personal self, little Judy. You know, well, who cares? You know, I mean, I certainly, I certainly still have some of that within me. I'm not going to lie. Okay, I certainly do have some of that still within me. But I honestly have to say that day by day, it truly is getting lesser and lesser to the point where my love for peace and my love for God's love and wanting to experience it more and more is becoming a lot stronger than those little ego thrills of getting charged and getting angry and getting upset. Yeah, okay. Ah, I don't know if that expressed it all, but that's all I got right now. Thank you. Complete. <laughs> that was great, Judy. Yeah. You know, I'm not very far behind you with that. You know, but then... It's like, do I really want that peace when I, I go off on some kind of tantrum in my head? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. Really? Like, who are you kidding? You know, I, I can find that peace and then all of a sudden I can just throw it right out the window with some, like, you know, the slightest little whatever. You know, yeah, and I, I love... That's what I call them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love what you said in six about... What this means is that you continue to fail to recognize your need to replace judgment with forgiveness when it comes to yourself. Well, you know, I can yeah. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's important. <laughs> that's at the baseline yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. I mean, when yeah. I think of all of these situations I put myself in throughout the years and all of the mm-hmm. ways I reacted to them through anger or depression or, you know, I was either homicidally maniacal or I was suicidally depressed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I had two extremes that I went to. And, of course, my need to replace judgment with forgiveness when it comes to myself was huge. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to forgive myself for putting myself into those situations and completely absolve everyone and everything else it had nothing to do with them and everything Mm -hmm. to do with me and the way I constructed my life the way I organized the way I created it for God's sake and you know and the forgiveness for myself had to come through a lot of work a lot of internal fourth step work um Uh, I'm still working (laughs) yeah well of course of course and I mean I too I have days sometimes where you know these little thoughts will come up or somebody may say something or do something that I find offensive <laughs> to my little tiny ego, you know? And I have to work at that and say, well, wait a second. Is this worth my peace of mind? And, you know, for the most part, as I said, it is getting better. It's not getting worse. It definitely is getting better, measurably so, so that I can actually recognize that it is getting better. I mean, there were times like, you know, I would just throw my piece away and get, and get all upset and angry or whatever, or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And it just, it just is not worth it. And like all of us, I mean, I mean, we all have to go through our, our uh, whatever it is that we create for ourselves so that we can trust ourselves and, you know, check ourselves and just see how far along we are in our quest for true peace, in our quest for true self, our quest for our true identity, which involves complete divine neutrality and loving peace. You know, and it comes down to this one, for me anyway, when I was reading that statement about judgment, you have not yet realized how much you still consider unlovable about yourself. 
And that really means something very close to an inward depth okay. of my feelings. This does not mean that you are not lovable, only that you are not yet fully recognizing, recognized your true self. Your true self, exactly. And that's yeah. where it comes down to. Our true self is peaceful mm-hmm. and loving. And if I'm knocked off that peaceful and loving sense of self, then all of that mm-hmm. other crap comes up big time. So how yeah, worth yeah. it? How worth it is it to me to let my peace of mind go? Yeah, yeah. And that's what he means by fully recognizing ourselves. When when I can overcome that urge, or when I can overcome that urge or that desire to lash out or to get angry or to get depressed about any little thing, when I can overcome that urge and talk sense to myself, because I'm a feeling person. When I use my intellect, I can talk sense into myself. I mean, my natural go-to is emotion. You know, feel horrible or feel elated. Okay? One of the two mm-hmm. extremes or anything in between. So when I put my intellect to work in those situations, I find that very helpful. I find yeah. that when I can say to myself, Judy, you're not thinking right about this. Okay? And then I will go over, the in- I will go over whatever instant it is and I will understand it on an intellectual level, and therefore I can bring about the return of my feeling of peace because I realize when I go intellectual on it, it doesn't matter. It means nothing. It's totally meaningless. So I can, I can pull myself back into the peaceful state. And for people who are intellectual, who go intellectual first, go to the emotion first. And that reversal really is helpful. Oh, my God, it is mm-hmm. so helpful. I mean, that's the process that I've been using. I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I just wanted to share. Yeah, go ahead. I talk to to myself all the time. Ah, okay, perfect. Yeah, like, what were you thinking? You know. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I'm thinking, you know, what? You know, I had an incident. I don't know if I mentioned it on this call. And it goes to family, you know, I, I, and maybe, you know, it's something I harbor so deep it really has even nothing to do with the present relationships I have with, like, say, my sons and their wives, you know, having two mm-hmm. daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one, I have I a good relationship with, one, I have a tentative relationship with, but I care for her, you know, in so many ways. I understand. Yeah, I got a daughter-in-law, too. I know what they're all about. <laughs> and really, this. We were in this family gathering, and somebody said, her cousin said, oh, let's do a, a whole picture of, you know, take a photo of, like, all the, all the cousins. And I wasn't a cousin. I'm an in-law, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm standing on the side, and I'm seething inside. And I swear till today, I didn't say it. And this other person standing next to me said, how come you're not included in that picture? Well, something, I mean, I, it wasn't me. It wasn't my voice. But I said, something came out of my mouth and I said, I, I just don't belong. Oh. oh, wow. I don't know where that came from 
It wasn't honey. And my son heard it and looked at me and said, how could you say that? And I don't, but it had, it came out. And for the, I will tell you to the day they put this body in the ground or something. It was, it came from something within. I did not voice that. Mm-hmm. I hear you loud and clear. I do. I know. I hear you. Wow. I get it, Paula. I get it big time. And that was the truth of that moment. And it came yeah. out. Yeah, it absolutely came out because it needed to. Sometimes the words just need to be said. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, that ensued. And you know, that's I, a great springboard for me. Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah, I just I want to I share what's come up for me to be speaking with you guys about. Um, I went on a pretty amazing adventure, not this last weekend, but the weekend before. Um, in my background, while living up in the Bay Area, um, and I was involved with men's work, and that's actually what started me on my spiritual journey. And there's one organization that shortly after I had my awakening, unrelated to that, but we broke off from a larger organization and formed this community of men that started with like maybe 40 men or so. This was in 1991. And that organization has thrived, has has continued to grow um, over the last 33 years. They're now at over 150 members. Um, and uh, they would have annual retreats. They call them fall events. And uh, the fall event is a time that, you know, a, a separate story, uh, I came up with the recognition that the fall season is a time for a season of ending, and they create a new. And so they began having fall events <laughs> where <laughs> they'd have a new leader and and on and on, stuff like that. But um, So they'd have these fall weekends that were outrageous. They were great times, and we'd have a bunch of us together. So the last one that I was at was in 2000. Um, even before I went to ministry school, <laughs> and uh, let alone um, uh, everything else that's unfolded since then. Uh, the uh, so they had a fall event this last or uh, two weekends ago, and it was uh, held up in the redwoods, up above Santa Cruz, California, mm. and uh, so I hooked up with a friend who lives in San Diego as well, who we had actually been on teams together within this larger organization uh, in the past. Um, So uh, I I got the notion that I ought to go and and 
rejoin this group, which I did, and I meet with them on a monthly basis online, but that I had to go up for this fall event this last this year. And um, I had I, I was all over the place. You know, my my ego was jumping in about what to be afraid of and and I was also just what to share. I, I was excited about what to be able to share um, uh, in in the event. So in that weekend, two weekends ago, there were 62 of us together. Um, and it was really an up and down roller coaster for me because there were times that I felt not a part of it because I, I really had not been involved with them regularly, you know, for like the last 23 years. I'd been involved with other men's groups around the country where I lived, but um, not this particular group. And now here I was back with them. And there were so many guys there that we had never met, okay? There were plenty of guys there who, you know, we were there at the beginning in forming this group that I was familiar with. So there's all sorts of ups and downs in the experience of, of um, uh, this weekend. And there were times that it just felt so out of it, out of place. I couldn't decide what I wanted to do as far as getting involved in different activities that were going on at different times. And I just kind of wandered around alone um, and just kind of checked in and what have you. But there were other times where we were having these group sessions that I just felt connected and felt like I had something to contribute with with the group. And... Um, uh, on the Sunday morning, towards the end of the event, um, we had a final gathering, and the night before, some things had started coming through for me, and uh, I, I got to the got to that group meeting, which had I think sixty one of us there. One had to leave. Um, and we were there for about two and a half, three hours. Um, and at one point, you know, there's just a, uh, a time to just get up and acknowledge these guys and, and the love that I was feeling for this community and for what they have continued to produce, what they have continued to, to bring forward in terms of, uh, the dynamics of the organization. They've had their ups and downs. They've had, they've tried to fix different things along the way. It's, it, by the way, it's, it's virtually a secular organization, okay? There are, there are three unity ministers <laughs> mm -hmm. who, who are involved in it and affiliated with it. But um, it's primarily a secular group, so there's, there's, not, there's some dabbling into spirituality, but not much. It's more about just making things happen and how to make, it thing, how to make things work as men would make it work, right? Um, but I was able to speak with them uh, and just acknowledge that amidst all the ups and downs, all the challenges, all the trials and tribulations that they've gone through, 
they've continued to make this work. And I was pointing out to them, this is a function of the relationship that everyone has with this group. The relationship that you guys have that is stronger than any individual intellectual idea. The relationship that you guys have formed and have continued to nurture and continue to support, this comes back to who you truly are. <laughs> so I really got on the chair about this, you know, and, and you can probably hear me speak in a course of love in this regard, although not acknowledging it as such, but just to point mm -hmm. out what, what you guys have been doing in relationship with one another. And uh, uh, at, at, at the end of it, there, there was just a roar of an applause, you know, of just of acknowledging and sharing at that point. And, you know, there have been so many mystical things that had happened for me while with these guys over the years. Um, uh, I don't need to go into all of them now, but, they're, but you know, they're, they're just amazing experiences where I was hearing guidance that I didn't even know that it was guidance. I just had the feeling that I was to, to say these things at different times. And, and sure enough, it's panned out in this organization mm. continuing to, to move over the last 33 years. So it was great to be back with them. And as I say, was, there were ups and downs about it. Um, there all sorts of different stories I could share along those lines. But the essence of it was, is by, by the end of the weekend, I felt complete, I felt enthusiastic, and I felt connected with many guys who we've been apart for some time, that there was this deeper connection underneath us that mm -hmm. um, uh, still is there, still is intact. And it's, it's beyond what the accomplishments are, what the intellect is, or, or what they're figuring out that's, has is going on. But it's the, um, just that. So uh, the connectivity, we, yeah, yeah. So this, you know, the in the men's work, there's oftentimes these four archetypes that are looked at: the king, the warrior, the magician, and the lover. Right? <laughs> and 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 the magician was the topic of this weekend. Um, oh. And I had plenty to plenty to share in different ways and different <laughs> means about, about what's yeah, happened yeah. as far as the magician that has been working through me as I've been open to the guidance that's here, the, the voices mm -hmm. that I've been hearing all along and how the message comes through as it does. Um, and uh, next year the topic is going to be the lover. And mm. one of the other guys who is a who is a, a religious science minister, or was a was a religious science minister, he is no longer. He stepped up to lead that, and um, I'm going to be in touch with him about contributing, about being involved in that, because I, I want these like guys. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> so and and yeah, you know, actually, while I was sharing. Um, that Sunday morning, I realized that that this community is one of my families. 
this community of men is one that that I can bring this nature of our being, this nature of oneness, mm-hmm. to anybody who's so called, so interested. I met, I met, by the way, two or three different guys who who had some sort of spiritual background or religious background, guys who their parents had been ministers or or their father had been a minister and, and the like, but wandering on their own, they had walked away from their religions because it wasn't giving them what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, anyway, uh, I, just, I just felt like this was, in a sense, a homecoming, an adventure, a, no, a homecoming, there were ups and downs about it, but all in all, it was just uh, this chance of, of just being able to be with a community that has meant so much to me in the past. So That's beautiful, Bill. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's a Thank great you. feeling and to have that in your life, you know, it, that community. <clears throat> yeah. It's just the example yeah. of just being open to the guidance that comes through that even, yes. even was was triggered by what I hear from others. Yes. Yeah. Not unlike hap- what happens in our sessions, in our gatherings. So Exactly. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like Snoopy always says, I'll take my inspiration wherever I can get it. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and like mine, they always find themselves. Like mine, they always find Yeah. Or yeah, wherever absolutely. it's called for wherever it yep. can contribute to others. <laughs> and especially to our, we can't contribute to others, sweetheart, until we contribute to ourselves. We have to have yeah. something within us to give, to share, to extend. So, yeah, absolutely. Help myself first and help you secondary. Absolutely. It's intelligent selfishness. Yeah. Well, you've heard me talk about that before where, where words or things that I'm saying to you folks, I'm getting it at the same time Absolutely. that I'm sharing it. Well, of course, <laughs> that's why we share it. It strengthens it in mm-hmm. you, and we get so much too. So absolutely, yeah. it's always a win-win. Our dialogues are always win-win. Oh, Paula, I had a funny thought, and I, don't, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but when you came out with that, I don't belong, you know, I humorously and... I humorously saw this as your true self saying, I'm too damn good for this world. (laughs) 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 And it came through with such humor. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you would have been there when I said that and said that to me. I would have laughed instead of felt like (laughs) I wanted to run and hide. That's exactly what I would have said to you. Honest to God, that's exactly what I would have said to you. You're too damn good for this world. You don't belong. You sure as hell don't belong. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that would have really helped today. If anything ever like that ever happens again, just imagine me whispering in your ear. <laughs> Uh, As you said, when yeah. you said that, uh, I was relating that was that was I was relating to that in part of my experience of that weekend yes, event. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I heard it. Loud and clear, yeah, yeah, I heard I it. Right. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. felt it as you were saying, you know, where you feel like, I don't belong. Yeah. What, what am I doing? Yeah, like, yeah what am I doing, doing here? Yeah, yeah, and I'm out yeah. in the hinterlands. Like, what am I doing yeah. here? Yeah, I felt that. Yeah, yeah I know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. By, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know if you guys noticed it or not, but whenever I've been reading or when I've been sharing, the chimes haven't been going off. The wind That's has true. been still. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, of yeah. course. Of course. That Thank perfect. you. We do control the weather. You do know that. <laughs> so, we do. <laughs> of course. Of course. That yeah, energy pours together. out everywhere. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> they were too busy listening to us rather than making chimes sounds. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. as we all know, that energy we call God and love is permeates everything, everywhere, yeah. all the time, forever and ever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's not surprising, is it? And yet, I don't know about you guys, but every time that happens to me, I'm still, I still get mildly surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And then I wonder, and then I wonder, why am I so surprised? I mean, <laughs> Do we anyway. accept it? Are we willing? Yeah. And and yeah. every uh, and and we celebrate every time we do. Mhm. And it it yeah. it is there immediately, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen, indeed. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's like, I, I can feel it. Like, you know, it's just like, wow. And, and, and then all of a sudden, some stupid thought will come into my head. And it's like, yeah. where did that come from? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, honey? The next time the thought comes in, Switch it to what am I feeling? Ask yourself, what am I feeling? Yeah. And let I the do. feeling guide you back to your thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Let the feeling yeah. guide you back to your thinking that I just do it in reverse because my first instinct is to feel awful or great or whatever. And then, and then I'll lead it and then I'll let that lead me into some intellectual reasoning. So you just flip it around. Let your, yeah. let your feelings take you into a thought and that way. Yeah, it works. I, I don't know why or how it works. I just know it works. Well, thanks for that. I'll try that. You know Anytime. I'm always happy to share any process that works. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so great to come together on these Wednesday calls. No, I know. I love them. Yeah. And, and the only know, time we, I ever had to... Go ahead, Sweetie. Go ahead. No, I'm saying... And we come, we come closest to our authentic self. Absolutely. There's no, you know, no... Uh, you know, we we feel that comfort and, and that closeness and the oneness that I could mm-hmm. be my authentic self. I know. Yeah. I feel it, too. Yeah, I totally feel it. Amen. I agree too. I agree. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. 
I guess that you can put that in the category of true dialogue. Yes. You know, it's like I'm not citing or, you know, like I'm just it's coming from somewhere deeper. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not just trying to sound like, oh, look, I'm so spiritual. <laughs> oh, God, no, deliver me from that. Because <laughs> I'm not always so spiritual, and I bloody well know it. So there. <laughs> uh, but I certainly do have the desire to feel to feel that sense of divine, godlike love within me, and that complete and utter sense of peace. It's just a beautiful feeling. I want it more and more and more. And that also is very inclusive of the oneness, totally inclusive. Yeah. It can't not be. Yeah, it's totally inclusive of this oneness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you mind if I end the call Not a bit, now? honey. Not a bit. Yeah. Not a bit. I it has been absolutely, it's been wonderful. It's been gorgeous, and I have loved every second of it, and I love you guys so much. So there. <laughs> I do, too. I love you both. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh. Yeah. Thank you, both. <sighs> Yeah, and give my love to Gloria. Give, Reverend yeah, Bill. mine too. Yeah, mine too, Reverend Bill. Yeah, give my love to Gloria. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to reach out to Lana. Who has please do. Yeah, please do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah please do. Yeah. I was thinking of doing it, but then I realized I really don't know how to get in touch with her. I must have yeah. some way that I'm just not thinking of right now, but I, if I do, I'm going to find it, and if I don't, please do reach out to her. And even if you could just yeah. shoot me a quick text just saying Lana's okay. Yeah, I will definitely. I, I don't know if I'll do it now. It's, I'll do whenever. it tomorrow. Yeah, no, whenever. Yeah. I'm not going to pressure you into doing anything at any time, no. just whenever. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So uh, I will say good, good night. And I will and say I good night. You. And I love Good you. Good care you. All right. You take care, care of All right. Mm-hmm. Bye for Bye. now. Bye. Bye. Love to you all. Bye now. Bye.